Come on. Welcome to Life Club. This is George G. And the time is right. Welcome to our monthly book club and welcome our author, the strong and powerful Dr. Gregory Scott Brown. Dr. Brown, are you ready to do this? Yes, let's do it. Thank you so much for having me, George. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, excited to have you on. Dr. Brown is a board-certified psychiatrist. He's a mental health writer. He's the author of The Self-Healing Mind. Dr. Brown, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and what motivated you to write the book. So I'm a psychiatrist. I'm based in Texas. Um, Over the past several years, I've also done a lot of work outside of the clinical setting. Um, I'm a writer for Men's Health Magazine. Um, you know, I'm, I'm active on social media as far as promoting a positive message about mental health and wellness. And I'm also someone who has a personal history uh, overcoming depression. That's really what got me interested in mental health to begin with. I think a lot of uh, people don't talk enough about mental health, especially men. And so that's a, a group that I've really tried to uh, focus on and sharing my own personal story. Um, and to encourage others to um, not only get professional mental health care, but to realize that it's okay to pay attention to their mental health with self-care strategies that we all have access to. Oh, I appreciate that. And I, I, I told you as we were getting started that the numbers are, it's, it's, it's a crisis that suicide is the second leading cause for men in their 20s and 30s and the third leading cause of death in the United States for men in their, I think, 40s or 50s. It's crazy. Right. right. I mean, and, and you have to realize, so, you know, I, I just uh, happened to watch uh, Roadrunner uh, last night, the film about Anthony Bourdain, who uh, was one of my heroes, someone I, uh, you know, obviously never had an opportunity to uh, sit down and speak with. I mean, he's someone who died by, by suicide uh, tragically, uh, but so many uh, men share that type of story. You know, they're struggling for such a long time, having trouble really connecting with a therapist, getting professional mental health care. And I think that conversations like the one that we're having right now, these little conversations, 20 minute conversations that um, you know, people can share with their friends and their family members and their loved ones can really go a long way. And in some cases, George, they can even save a life. Yeah. I, I, I imagine that's a thousand percent true. So with the book and with these conversations, clearly raising awareness and breaking down the stigma of mental health and for men talking about mental health and as black men talking about mental health and the struggles that you've gone through, that's immensely valuable. So I, I'd like to talk about that. And then I'd also like to talk about what the book is, is uh, it's not prescribing, but perhaps laying out. Um, it, so I'd like to talk about what, what, why don't we start with that? What t- tell us about the actual book. So the book is called uh, the self-healing mind. And what it really is intended to do is introduce a self-care playbook. And it's not uh, for mental health and it's not, only intended to be a book for men. You know, I I think that it's important to note that uh, men, women, young people, old people, people of any uh, racial, ethnic background um, can benefit from its positive message. And so I introduced five essential pillars of self-care, sleep, spirituality, nutrition, breath work, and movement. 
Um, and you have to consider that these are things that we all have access to and they don't cost anything. Um, the reason why evidence-based self-care for mental health is important is because so many people who would potentially benefit from professional mental health care, like seeing a psychiatrist like me or a therapist, just don't have access to that type of treatment. Um, or barriers like stigma will prevent them from getting plugged in um, to that type of treatment. And so, you know, self-care is a good place to start, um, to start paying attention to your mental health. And people reading the book might realize that when they start with self-care, then they might then, you know, one day realize, okay, maybe it's time for me to go and see a professional mental uh, health care uh, specialist. So, you know, self-care is something that each of us has access to, and I think it's a good place to start. Yeah, yeah. The available interventions for for like mental health is 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 massive, right? right? So there's so many different ways to to so many different afflictions that we can suffer from, and then so many different ways to treat it. But if I don't have the money or the awareness or the time, or I'm I'm just not going to go and do that because of my mindset there are these five things that are free that anybody can be doing that can help to improve it. It might not alleviate it. Everybody's unique, but these are, these are 100% worth doing. And I think it's important to note as well, you know, even if you are seeing a professional, um, you know, mental health care specialist, a mental health care professional, um, you know, oftentimes in a clinical setting, two main things are addressed or two main avenues. You have medications, uh, which are totally evidence-based. I prescribe medications every week. I support them. Um, you also have psychotherapies, right? But oftentimes the missing piece of the puzzle is that self-care element. And I think especially in modern times, people um, tend to kind of sweep self-care under the rug. You know, they consider it to be either this elitist sport or it's the massages or the bubble baths or mm. things that people really don't have time uh, to do or they don't really feel like it's part of an evidence-based treatment. Um, there have been so many studies that have supported that moving our body can help with depression. It can help with anxiety, that getting quality sleep um, can do the same. When it comes to breath work, we each take between 20 and 30,000 breaths every single day. And breath is one of the most underutilized forms of medicine. And so what I outline in the book is not necessarily uh, this idea of, hey, when, when you're anxious, just just breathe. Or, you know, if, if you're depressed, just get better sleep. I mean, it's that's so easy to say. The thing is, we have to know how to manipulate our breath in a way that is consistent with evidence and works. You know, what are specific strategies that we can utilize that help us improve, not necessarily our, sweet, our, our sleep quantity, but our sleep quality. Um, what are the types of foods that we can put on our plate that have been consistently shown to not only reduce inflammation, but to help with mental health? Those are some of the things that I outline in the book that I think are, um, you know, going to be made accessible to anyone who reads it. I love it. <clears throat> and so many things in life I intellectually understand, right? But 
to actually put it into practice and then to close that gap between what I know to be true and what I actually do. Uh, so having a playbook and I imagine um, step-by-step here's, here's how you get started because I can't go from, man, I, I get four hours of sleep a night and I'm restless and I wake up feeling like crap to, Oh, I get eight hours of sleep. It's awesome. Right. I need to be able to actually access this and it needs to actually be usable. Right. And, and these are things, you know, I think, and I come at this from, you know, as a psychiatrist, right. I mean, you have so many people, which I think is great. So many people in the world are talking about mental health. They're advocating for it. They're, they're giving advice, but they've never worked with a patient. Right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't necessarily know what it's like to sit down across from someone who is struggling with severe depression um, and talk to them about some of the stuff that they're recommending. So, um, you know, the advice that I give in the book, the recommendations that I give in the book are things that, you know, I've, I've obviously benefited from in my personal life. Um, they're evidence-based and they're also things that I talk with my patients about. Um, and they, you know, have consistently reported that these uh, self-care strategies are so beneficial to helping them live optimally. Yeah, there's a there's a million miles between me talking about how somebody can get better at their mental health and then you who's actually through your clinical practice sat down with somebody who is just mired in uh, a, a, an issue and then help them through it. So and you talking about it is I mean it's so it's so beautiful, it's so great and you know, I I, we, we need we need more of that. We need more people like you um, who will share these types of messages uh, with as many people as possible. I just cannot speak to the importance uh, of that work. And it strikes me it, it's it strikes me that that we're we're in a place where it is a crisis. And it's getting worse and worse and worse, and it's going to continue to get worse before it gets better. That's just my my perception of it. I'd like to get your take on that. And a lot of it is just because of technology. And as we crawl or get pulled deeper into different verses, be they metaverses or whatever other kind of verses, that we're going to need to be way more aware of this. Well, I, I think when it comes to technology, it's a double-edged sword, right? I mean, technology has a lot of benefits. Social media has a lot of benefits when it comes to mental health. Um, and I think it's important that we just, you know, we're, we're um, using it appropriately. We're knowing how to distinguish uh, fact from fiction. Uh, we're learning how to um, determine which, uh, which information we uh, actually are going to utilize when it comes to, uh, to, to mental health. Um, but I mean, again, you have to consider over 120 suicides on average every single day in the United States. I mean, 40 million people uh, struggling from anxiety, depression is not that, that far behind. You know, if someone can get on social media and you know, see a psychiatrist giving strategies for how to, to work through that. Um, if someone can listen to a podcast and be pointed towards a book that might help them, you know, if someone can uh, get onto Men's Health Magazine's Instagram account where every 
uh, Friday. Uh, I'm on there with my co-host Drew Ramsey. We're interviewing some guy uh, about um, his personal mental health routine. I mean, it can offer so much hope and encouragement and motivation for people to, to get better. And I think that we just have to keep in mind that there's, there's a right way to use it. If we do that, I think people can benefit from it. Well said. It's a nice nuanced answer instead of me just hitting over people over the head with, with, yeah, with good yeah. or bad. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, I, I'd love to hear about, about your, uh, if it's a, just a daily routine or your self-care routine and how you fit Obviously, as a writer, somebody who, who who writes consistently for men's health, but then a book is a whole different animal. So we'd love to hear about how that all fit in. You know, I, I love that question. It's a question I haven't uh, been asked uh, a lot, surprisingly. Uh, what's interesting is uh, yesterday I was talking to one of my editors and I was just looking at my calendar for the month of May, uh, which is Mental Health Awareness Month, but it's also... Uh, the month before my book launches. And I'm like, oh, my, my schedule is just insane. It's insane. What am I going to do? Um, and that's why I have to remind myself to continue to practice what I preach, right? And it's something that I'll tell you, like even experts uh, like me have to remind ourselves that these self-care uh, strategies are important. They're very important. Um, and so what I do is I try to move my body every single day. And so the American uh, Psychiatric Association doesn't have recommendations, specific recommendations for exercise for mental health, but the European Psychiatric Association does. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, we followed suit here in the United States, um, you know, in short order. And that's 150 minutes of moderate activity exercise a week. Um, some more recent evidence has shown that, you know, as long as you're moving your body, even just a little bit, even if it's less than that, it can um, have benefits for your mental health. Connection uh, is really, really important. So when I talk about spirituality in the book, I'm not um, only talking about religion. That's just one manifestation of spirituality. It's important to note, but uh, it's connecting with your internal self through meditation. I try to meditate as much as I can, right? Uh, connecting with family, connecting with friends, um, altruism, selfless service, right? Um, I, I pay attention to what I eat, right? And that doesn't mean that, you know, we have to go totally Mediterranean, but Mediterranean-ish, I think, is <laughs> a good place uh, to start for most of us. And you know, that might mean just, you know, uh, adding some, you know, more fish uh, to your diet. Tons of evidence has shown that oily fish, salmon, mackerel, tuna can help with inflammation. So again, I could go on and on. The, the point here is that you don't have to revamp your, your life all at once, right? Um, there are five self-care uh, strategies, self-care pillars for mental health outlined in the book. Start where you can. Maybe that means focusing on breath work for a week or sleep <laughs> for a couple of weeks and then take it from there because a little bit goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a key to so many things is just got to get started with it and then take small bites because right. I can't, I can't do it all at once, but, and those little things add up, which sounds trite, but it's just, it's, it's just, it's just so true. So, totally. and, uh, 
do you do you have a practice of writing every day, whether you need to or not? Or how does that work? How does your writing work? So writing, you know, I, I consider myself as much a writer as as a doctor. I mean, it's there. Writing is something that I, I absolutely have to do. Um, and I would say, you know, sitting down to formally write an article or um, a book chapter is not something that I do every day, but I am writing in some form, even if it means scribbling in my moleskin <laughs> notebook. Mm-hmm. I think any writer will tell you it's just part of who we are and it's something that we have to do. Yeah. Do you find that that's a, is, is, is writing or journaling an exercise that you have seen to improve mental health? Totally, totally. I mean, I, I think it just depends on, um, on who you are. Right. And so for some people it's, it's music, it's writing a, mm-hmm. writing a song or a piece, right. Uh, for others, it might mean painting, um, you know, these, these, these things can be mindfulness based, um, activities that really bring you in the moment, um, allow you to experience that full conscious awareness for what you're doing. Um, and I think that it's important, um, to realize that, you know, just because, you know, I write, I enjoy writing doesn't mean that the listeners have to sit down and start journaling if that's not what does it for them. Um, I think if we can all get fired up about the journey of self-discovery, learning what makes us tick and what really gets us fired up and what helps us find that, um, that state of calm and uh, tranquility and purpose, then I think we'll all be better off. Amen. Well, Dr. Brown, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with you? And where can they get a copy of The Self-Healing Mind? So anyone can visit my website at gregoryscottbrown.com to learn more about my work. Uh, There's also a link there to uh, order the book or pre-order the book. Um, And uh, you could also follow me on uh, Twitter or Instagram at Gregory S. Brown, MD. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Dr. Brown your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to gregoryscottbrown.com and check out all the great things that he's working on. Pick up a copy of the book there and then find him on Twitter and Instagram at Gregory Scott Brown, MD. Gregory S. Brown, MD. Gregory S. Brown, MD. That's also in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Dr. Brown. Thanks, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together.